Jazz game night post game show. Jazz fall to the Kings tonight in Sacramento, 102-101. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. Post game brought to you by our title sponsor, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in a completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Let's go back to Sacramento where Coach Snyder is speaking with the media. Kind of epitomized it. Um, we gave up 11 offensive rebounds um, and seven team rebounds, so 18, basically 18 offensive rebounds. And then their points off turnovers. They had 27 points off turnovers. So if you give a team that many possessions, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're in the game, but we didn't do the things we needed to do to win, things that we can control. Uh, and then there's other things you can't control. You know, they make some shots, especially early. Um, but the offensive boards and taking care of the basketball, leading the points. When you look at those turnovers, is there anything that stands out to you in particular that you would attribute that to? Yeah, we, we've got to be tougher with the ball. You know, I thought they were physical with us. Um, and just more precise, more forceful. You know, it's it's uh, something I think we're capable of doing. We need to turn it up and, and do it. When you turn the ball over the way you guys did and not box out or, and, and, and allow too many offensive rebounds, is it frustrating um, just to not do the little things? Well, I, you know, I think it's frustrating for, for our players. It's frustrating for, for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the last possession and offensive rebound the game. I thought, you know, to give up 91 points and give them that many, you know, extra possessions and opportunities in transition. In you know, the first half, the first quarter in particular, um, we didn't take care of the ball. We got ourselves behind and then we really didn't rebound the entire game. When you, when you guys were down uh, seven in that, in that four minute stretch, how were you guys able to get back into the game? Well, I, I think we were forceful. We attacked, drove the ball. And that's what it requires. There's, it's not, uh, you know, like I said, I think it's something we're capable of doing. We just need to dig in. And, um, you know, there's, there's some different reads with guys getting used to knowing where each other are. But um, we still got to take care of the ball regardless of what's going on. Just something that you uh, just try to protect your player, or is this something you can see? Yeah, I felt that, that, that you know Rudy got hit in the back one time on a crackdown. He's got his back to somebody, and someone barrels into him. You know, that's how people get hurt. And uh, you know, again, the, the, the referees weren't the story of the game. It was us. You know, if we're more physical, we can play through some things. And, you know, we weren't able to do that on the glass or on the offensive end. All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, Jazz fall tonight, 102-101. Coach, uh, you heard uh, Coach Snyder right off the top there talking about the offensive rebounds. That's what you were hitting on with David. Yeah, 11, 11 second sh- uh, chance of uh, rebounds by the Kings. That was the difference of the game. It was based on non-blockout situations. There was penetration, and then the Kings player was able to carve out space early and get inside the Jazz uh the, the rotation player that was late to get there. And the game winner was a, a non-blockout by a Boyan Bondanovich, didn't block out Harrison Barnes, and that was when the shot was taken by Belitza, and he crashed the boards in there for a stick back. What you want to do is be disciplined, Jake. You want to you want to face guard. With the shots in the air at the end of a game, you want to face guard anybody coming in and uh, stay between the basket and you and then find the ball versus a ball watch and the guy goes around you and gets a stick back. Well, we knew, uh, you know, with 
Derek Favors not being in the lineup this year, uh, that the the Jazz were going to have to make up some rebounding a little bit, and uh, that was an issue tonight. It hadn't been an issue uh, as far as I could tell earlier in the season, but tonight it was, and it was it was little stuff. You're right, Coach. Little stuff like box outs and and finding your guy, and it it certainly cost him at the end of the game. That was tough. And add to that, Jake, as far so as far as the Jazz rebounding offensively, the only player on the Jazz that got and rebound tonight offensively was Rudy Gobert with five, and so. Uh, Jeff Green's talent or Royce O'Neal going to the boards or Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell, all these talented ultra uh, fl- uh, guys that can rise up didn't get an offensive rebound. And so as the Jazz go forward, you want to do is gain extra possessions. It's almost impossible to win a road game when you have 17 turnovers and you, you're out-rebounded on the road. Even though you might shoot straight and your defense was solid and Rudy led the charge in the fourth quarter defensively where he dominated the game, the Kings couldn't make a basket inside the paint. But during the course of the game, the Kings chipped away and made the Jazz uh, play defense by, uh, by a deficit and the game was won on lack of rebounding overall. 102 to 101 is your final. The Jazz fall to the Kings. They fall to four and two on the season. With that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. Next broadcast will be Sunday night. Sunday night are in LA up against the Clippers. That game will tip off at seven o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at six here on the Jazz Radio Network. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll continue to break this one down, get coaches' thoughts on a tough loss from the Jazz tonight. And you heard it all here on the Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. This has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray. And Lexus of Linden. By Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you. And by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. Ow! This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. 102-101 is your final. The Jazz fall to the Sacramento Kings. Coach, let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. The Jazz shot 49, uh, 47.9% from the field tonight. 39.3% from three. 11 of 28. Uh, the Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 24 points to go along with four boards and two assists. Mike Conley with 19 points on five of 13 shooting. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, 17 points, 6 of 12 from the field. He had 6 boards, 2 assists, and a steal. Uh, but coach, I was just watching a replay of that Harrison Barnes offensive rebound and poke back. And I'll tell you, Boyan missed that that box or that box out. He is absolutely going to be kicking himself when he re-watches that one on film on the plane. And we watch him, meaning that he, was, he ball-watched. The shot was in the corner by Bielitsa, 
and really challenge the shot. And what you want to do at the end of the game is first go to the opposing team's body first and then pick up the ball versus run to the rim. And that allows the, the rebounders to crash with velocity and climb over your back. And what uh, Harrison Barnes did, he was untouched going into the paint area. So he had a running start. He timed it perfectly and was able to maneuver to catch the ball. He caught the ball above his shoulder and just tapped it in versus catch it, bring it down, and up again. So it was uh, one in one motion. It was a lack of just basically a, a fundamental box out by, by all the Jazz players, but in particular it was by Boyan Bondanovich. I felt like a lot of those, and, and we're sitting here in the studio watching the game together, Coach, I feel like a lot of those little details uh, that can mean so much in basketball were a little bit lacking tonight for the Jazz. You, you know, some uh, lacking crisp passes and things like box outs and uh, those easy switches when maybe they shouldn't have been made. It felt like some of those little details cost the Jazz tonight. Yes, and getting back to, say, turnovers. You lose a one-point road game, you're out-rebounded offensively, and you turn, uh, you have 17 turnovers uh, committed, and ma- many of them were self-inflicted. Yep. So it wasn't really the, such an unbelievable uh, length and quickness reactions of the insane defensive players by the Kings. It was more uh, erratic ball decisions, indifferent as far as um, body bounce. A lot of times, Jazz had walking violations or moving screen. I call moving screen magnets, where they were bumped off balance and they didn't gather themselves. And it's it's all lack. It's all of uh, fundamentals, and you lose the possession. So what you want to do is really respect the possession by being ball, uh, being ball strong, which is a toughness, both physically and mentally tough. And the Jazz, unfortunately, fell somewhat short in a really close, tough game. If you're the Kings, you are desperate. Jake, you're desperate. You're 0-5. Now, you, now, now you're 1-5. If they go 0-6, it would be the worst start since the 1990-91 season when they started out 0-7, the Kings. Yeah, the Kings played like a desperate team tonight. They they played with a lot of energy. Uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, back here in Salt Lake last week, Coach, um, it was had a tough night. And Buddy Heald had a had a tough night here in Salt Lake as well. And, and De'Aaron Fox looked like a completely different player. And he was certainly taking advantage of it. Uh, with If Mike Conley was on him, he would kind of bully him in the lane, sometimes post up. And then he was getting a lot of switches where Bogdanovich got switched on him. And it, it, when that was the case, he was going right around him. Yeah. Gave him a running start into the paint area. And so De'Aaron Fox was attacking the paint all game long and selectively attacking the rim. So the best of both worlds, you're in the paint as far as uh, navigation, and then if the lane opens up, you, you attack the top of the cup. And Rudy was not there sometimes. In the fourth quarter, Rudy dominated where he played the perfect angle game when there was dribble penetration. Rudy uh, was able to step up and recover back, and that forced a lot of uh, quick arm shooting by De'Aaron Fox. Now, the last point about that was that when it's a one-man uh, defensive uh, uh, wall in the lane, that the Jazz players then should be able to rebound out of that. Unfortunately, when the shot was taken, the Kings were able to get a, a lot of uh, second-chance opportunities to get extra possessions. And the killer of all killers was Dwayne Dedman, who made his only three of the game. He's really an erratic three-point shooter. He's a big guy for the listeners. He's seven foot tall. He goes one for six from three, but he made the unbelievable power to the people three that gave the uh, momentum back to the Kings. 
Uh, you were talking about points in the paint, Coach. Let's let's get to that because they, that uh, that played a big role tonight. Points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. The Jazz got uh, beat up in the paint tonight, Coach. Outscored by the Kings 52-38. to And that's what you're talking about. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald getting into the paint and doing their damage tonight. 52-38, which, which means that the on-ball defensive uh, stance of most times of the Jazz players was not there, unfortunately. And that gave uh, those players a chance to penetrate and navigate and make basketball decisions. There's two ways to score in the paint, Jake. It's old-school post-ups, which happens infrequently, and then dribble penetration into the painted area, and it forces the defense to collapse, or it gives you that middle game, either floater, twist layup, Euro layup, or old-school pull-up, 10-footer. And so... They were all paint residents. So De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heal were, were, were in the paint literally the whole game, and so was Bondanovich. He was in the paint also playing that. Trevor Ariza, the 16-year-old veteran, did a good job of, of ball moving. So it's not. So again, it sounds crazy. He, his numbers were not there, but he was on the court in the fourth quarter. He was moving the ball and giving the ball to Fox and Rhythm, and that helped... Uh, the, uh, the Kings' fluidity offensively to at least, what, get a good shot at the rim. Can't believe Trevor Ariza has been in the league 16 years. Feels like just yesterday he was at UCLA. We're dating ourselves. He was a second-round pick. <laughs> he was the 40, uh, 43rd pick in the draft, if I remember right, back in 2004. And it just shows you, one, you stay in top physical shape. Two, uh, early in his career, he was a three-point corner shooter. Now he's what a defensive player and a ball mover of experience. A huge factor in any sport is know what you can't do. It sounds negative, yet it's positive. In other words, I once were able to what get to the top of the basket and show my legs. Now, now as I get older, I'm not showing my legs, Jake. I'm showing what my brain. Well, as you, as you mature. He's, I mean, if you're a 3 and D guy, you can play in this league a long, long time. And he is really good at both and has been a key component in some, on some really good teams. Very much. So the Kings right now are a dramatically lesser team. His 16th year, Trevor Ariza-type people, they enjoy playing basketball. They make a minimum contract for a 10-year veteran. He's 16 veteran. It's roughly $2.4 million, which is paid by half by the NBA. So at a 2.4, it's really $2.46 million, the, the, uh, the minimum uh, for a 10-year veteran, 1.5 counts in your salary cap but that's paid by the NBA to the to the to the uh, to the team and the reason why is that is that as an NBA organization they want they want to reward uh, good guys that have been 10 year veterans about their service to the league so the league is willing to pay the parent team 1.5 million of a of a 10 year veterans contract interesting so really, it's win-win. Oop. And that was part of the agreement by the Players Association of the last dreadful, uh, not strike, but before that, they put that in there, that if our, our veterans, if we're in the league for 10 years, the NBA encourages teams to sign those guys. All right, to your final tonight, the Jazz fall to the Kings, 102-101. We'll continue to break this one down coming up right around the corner. We're hoping as well to take you into the locker room and uh, get you some sound, but it, uh, it seemed like we were having some technical issues there with Coach Schneider. So hopefully we'll be able to bring you a, a little sound as well. It is your Jazz game night post-game show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. 102-101 to is your final right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
game night postgame show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. 102 to 101 is your final. The Jazz fall tonight by one to the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. Coach, uh, let's take a look at uh, the assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to the Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Uh, Coach, tonight the Jazz had 18 assists on 35 made baskets. Uh, Assists kind of spread out tonight. Four for Mike Conley, four for Royce O'Neal. Joe Ingles had three coming in off the bench. Moutier had two. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had two. Uh, Bogdanovich had two. But uh, you might want to see those assist numbers a little higher. Usually when the Jazz are a little more successful, you see some of those baskets, uh, more of those baskets assisted. And see, it was magnified also by the turnovers. So, Jake, right. even though there was uh, 18 assists, so think about it, 18 assists with 17 turnovers. So differential, Jake, is only one. And the Jazz lose at one point. So there's definitely uh, a, uh, a narrative here that uh, assists really help you because uh, the ball's being shared and popped around, popped around a perimeter or pass-offs. Uh, they hit Rudy a lot of times uh, in short corner spacing. When there was big dual penetration by the Jazz uh, drivers and Rudy was in a, in a short corner, was following the plate at the angle and throwing that lob pass to Rudy. But the fact of the matter was is that the assists are important, but it was negated by the 70 turnovers, Jake. Yeah, they they heard and they seem to come at inopportune times. And coaches, some of the some of the turnovers where Bogdanovich got uh, got stuck and bumped and threw the ball away. Some of just uh, untypical of the Jazz. Some sloppy passing, and that's ball toughness. Ball toughness is when that you take a hit, whether you got fouled or not, it's irrelevant, and that you're able to secure the ball. And the ball the ball now is talking to you by your mental and physical toughness. And usually speaking, when you get bumped off balance, you want to gather yourself by bending your knees first. So if you're bumped and you feel the ball might be slipping out of your hands, get a lower sense of balance by bending your knees and secure the ball with two hands. And when you do dribble penetrate, if the defense it comes at you and closes down your vision, what you want to do is jump stop uh, put put your feet on the ground and throw a pass with two hands. So in case that the defense reacted to it on a skip pass, you can what? Fake a pa- Jake, fake a pass to make a pass. And fake that, a pass to make a pass. Oh, very much. And that's what you try to do against physical defense, Jake. Because remember, you're coming down and you think that you have a, a clear driving alley. You got bumped off balance and now you, that ball is floating out of your hands. So what you want to do when you get bumped is secure the ball with two hands. Jake, fake a pass to make a pass. Coach, just taking a look at the numbers, and, and these this number does not include tonight's game, so add another 17 onto this. But uh, the Jazz right now, turnover percentage before this game, Coach, 17.6%, good for dead last in the NBA. What do you do from a coach's perspective? You, you know, you've got some new faces on this team, guys getting used to each other, but turnovers have been a big issue so far this year. So from a coaching perspective, what do you do with your team? What do you tell your guys uh, when they're they're having issues with turnovers? Well, you first, you keep doing fundamental drills, whether collectively as a group or individually. Now, Jake, here's the moment of truth. In team practice is that when you get back-to-back turnovers in team practice, whether self-inflicted or good defense, there has to be an element of what? Punishment. Hmm. In other words, where you, you, you value the ball so much uh, in jazz basketball in yesteryear, we used to do on back-to-back turnovers, 
we'd have a designated person before practice say, if we get back-to-back turnovers in a row, you, you, you take the nearest ball on the ball rack, you go down and back with the ball on the sideline during practice, and your teammates dishonor of the ball. Really? Yeah, dishonor of the ball or the walking violation. You see, so everyone was conscious. So, Jake, you and I are teammates. For some bizarre reason, I turn it over because, what, I have a lazy mind. Now, you come down with the ball as my teammate, and you know that our team had a previous walking violation or, or, or a, a passing error. Now, and now you know that you're going to, what, be sure to be, be, what, make a correct pass and less creative and more, what, sound fundamental. Because remember, the, the goal right now is what? Is to get, to get what? A shot at the basket. That's the goal in basketball. Get a shot at the basket. So if you keep turning it over or reckless turnovers, again, most times are self-inflicted. Jake, when's the last time you told me that the Sacramento Kings defense is so superior? <laughs> Said no one ever. Right, because they're 29th in the NBA in defense. And so... It's not the, it wasn't it's not really their defense that was so overwhelming and they were so uh, active. It's just sometimes unfortunately with the Jazz tonight, it was that lack of physicality with the ball. All right, coach, let's uh, go back to Sacramento inside the locker room. Mike Conley is addressing the media. Last minute or so that lost us the game. It was the things we did in between the quarters, you know, one and four. Um, defensively, we weren't ourselves in different areas, and um, they attacked us in, in different uh, pick and rolls and really took advantage of us and, um, and were just really aggressive. You know, you could really tell that they, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to get a win mm-hmm. and uh, do anything uh, necessary to do that. And uh, we didn't we didn't come with the same energy. Is it saying at the beginning of the game you didn't come with that energy and then when you were able to match it, it was a little late? Yeah, I think that, you know, that was exactly what it was. I think we, we, we tried to come with the same intensity, but it was, you know, it's tough some nights. Um, but I was proud of the way we did fight. You know, we fought to get, our, get ourselves a one-point lead, you know, a 50-50 ball at the end of the game. Um, you know, wins or loses the game. And um, we gave ourselves a shot. So, you know, we're going to have a lot of games like that. And, uh, you know, you don't win them all. How do you use this for fuel in the next game going into uh, Sunday? Uh, well, we know we know who we got. You know, the Clippers are, are. You know, we just played them last. You know, couple couple games ago, and and um, they remember that game. You know, so we're we're just trying to learn from this. Um, you know, l- learn from from how to how not to start games, how not to um, walk walk our sleepwalk our way in. You know, to to the you know second and third quarters, and um, and hopefully come out with a better intensity to start. You know, on the road against a very good team. You guys have been a good defensive rebounding team this season. But what happened tonight? Seems like you couldn't get any. Yeah, um, you know. It was one of those nights. Sometimes, you know, the ball bounces funny. You know, guys are in different positions, um, but a lot of it was they—they they wanted it. You know, you could tell they wanted—they wanted the ball. They wanted it a little bit more. Um, they had guys crashing from all over the place. You know, it's, it's a unique situation. Not every team has four and five guys just crashing the boards. Um, and we, we, you know, we obviously tried our best to stop that, but um, because of the second chance opportunities, you know, is a big reason why we lost tonight. When you look at the turnovers and you look at the missed free throws and not rebounding, is it? You know, I know that teams you can live with a team outplaying you, but can you not live with, you know, not doing the things that you need to do? Yeah, and like I said, it's the things that we normally are accustomed to doing, things that. Um, 
we have control over. You know, we have control over free throws. We have control over boxing out. We have control over taking care of the basketball. And, um, you know, tonight all three of those things uh, failed us. And um, and because of that, like I said, they they had a chance to win the game at the end of the game. And, um, and the, all the stuff that I just alluded to was all of quarters one through three late into the fourth quarter. It bit us at the end. Uh, not about the game, but in general, you being new to Quinn Snyder's system, what, what kind of he's kind of lauded as a creative playmaking coach or play drawing up coach. What what have you seen in his? I guess X's and O's that makes him unique. Uh, a lot of a lot of misdirection. There's a lot of uh, a lot of movement. Um, you have to be real selfless to, to be a part of it. You have to be able to cut and give yourself up and, and know how to screen. And you know when you're not a part of the play, you you are a part of the play. You know, you, everybody's in it together. So um, it's it's unique. I haven't been a part of a system like it, and um, and it takes a while to learn and then you know really gel, especially with a bunch of other guys who are just trying to learn it and, and gel to it. So um, you know we're a long way away from where we will be. You know obviously, so um, it's just been it's been fun to learn. That was Mike Conley. Uh, Mike Conley tonight, uh, coach, 5 of 13, 19 points. He was 3 of 9 from 3, 4 assists. One thing he said there, oh, he had 4 steals as well, which is a nice night for him, certainly. But uh, one thing he said there that that really stood out to me, coach, he said, you know, they can't afford to sleepwalk through quarters. And I, I, I felt like that that applied tonight. And you look at the first quarter, especially where the Jazz had 18 points and did look like they opened up the game asleep a little bit. And it all starts on defense. Your ability to ball contain and be physical without overly fouling. So it could be called cushion defense where you, you're able to keep the dribble in front of you and limit dribble penetration. And De'Aaron Fox was in that lane and so was Buddy Heal and so was uh, Bandanovich was in the lane also making plays. And so sleepwalking is based on, just generally speaking, all the players are just in being low of not being intense, and also just sharpness. Jake, the ball pops. I cut hard with velocity. I run the floor. I get my legs going. See, a lot of times in games, when you say sleepwalk, we're talking lack of concentration, but your legs don't cooperate, or your legs really aren't moving as far as galloping down the court. It's almost better, Jake, that someone cracks your head in the beginning of a game to wake you up, and then suddenly you have more focus and and uh, power mentally because you know of the physicality of the game instead of trying to ease into the game. Uh, just an example in football, uh, it might have been a positive for the University of Utah football team to lose to USC because they've responded and been a whole different team since. So no a, doubt. A different example of, uh, of what you're getting at. No, no doubt. And that's what happens uh, is that these people have pride in themselves. And so did the Kings. The Kings were absolutely, a des- I call it, the, J- Jake, they were desperate young lions. That's the Kings, like young Lions, and that they were, they, even though they're the Kings, the Lions tonight, they played in a desperate state of mind. They, they always didn't shoot straight, and they didn't guard as well as they'd like to, but they made enough big plays uh, at the end of a game to hold the Jazz off. Now, the Jazz point of view, as they go forward, is that they have to regroup mentally and know that if they don't have sharpness in their actions, they could lose to, they, they could lose to anybody in the NBA, because the NBA, Jake, is a talent league. Even the lesser teams have talented players on their roster. 
102 to 101 is your final. The Jazz fall to Sacramento in Sacramento tonight. Coming up on the other side, we'll get you more sound from the locker room. We'll continue to break this one down as well. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. 102 to 101 is your final of the Jazz Fall tonight in Sacramento to the Kings. Coach, let's uh, check out the Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. They're here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebounds program at the end of the regular season. Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds benefiting fitting the neighborhood house. Rebounding was uh, an issue for the Jazz tonight, but uh, Rudy Gobert was not part of that issue, coaches. He was a monster on the glass. He is tonight's master of the glass. 16 boards, five offensive rebounds for Rudy tonight to go along with 15 points, two block shots, one steal for Rudy, and a stretch there playing defense in the fourth quarter that was really tremendous uh, to get the Jazz back in it as they went on a 9-0 run to get back in the game in the fourth. A lot of that happened had to do, Coach, with Rudy Gobert's not only rebounding, but defense. And that defense started by being in correct uh, positioning. So in that pick and roll by the Kings, De'Aaron Fox was getting by the initial defensive player, and Rudy was able to play that angle game to force uh, De'Aaron Fox and also um, Buddy Heel to quick arm shoot versus uh, release, release point in rhythm. As far as getting back to offensive rebound, Rudy did a wonderful job of following plays up as far as a stick-back rebounder. So as we call, a, Jake, there's offensive rebounders that chase the ball down, and then there's ball retrievers off the glass. And Rudy played as a ball retriever when Donovan and Michael Conley penetrated, and Holmes gave help, and also um, Dwayne Devin gave help. Rudy was able to get a free run into the basket with a superior height to be able to get stick-back rebounds or second-chance um, opportunities as far as kick-out. So Rudy was, was active and following up plays, and that's why he's able to get five offensive rebounds. Dominating the glass is effort, it's discipline, it's it's multi-jumping, and most of all, it's carving out early space. When you Rudy has high hips, and so as a high-hip player, what you want to do is not try to uh, match mono a mono upper body strength. You want to do is uh, is carve out space with your with your hips below your hips to, to drive the opposing player back off the boards or the mismatch rebound. Use your hips to to get the ball and not bring. The the ball below your waist, keep the rebound above your shoulders and get a stick back. Uh, I believe it was Andy Larson of the Trib asked uh, Mike Conley. We heard it in the, the last uh, segment, and uh, he, they, Andy asked him about defensive rebounding, how they've been good so far this uh, year, and and tonight uh, it it cost them a little bit. And he talked about how they just need to to do the fundamental things that we've talked about, uh, Coach, that you're talking about with Rudy right there, but it needs to be that team effort where everybody has to do their job to make sure that they're uh, locking down those defensive rebounds. And the first job you have, its responsibility, is don't ball watch. So it's very common whether you play junior jazz, whether you play high school, college, or the big bad NBA. Often players ball watch. When the shot's in the air, what you want to do as far as defensively, go find a body. 
Jake, it's pretty simple. Find a body to put your body on their body and drive them away from the basket and then try to pursue the ball. On a three-point shot, it's the opposite. What you want to do is not go at someone's body. What you want to do is run into the paint area and don't run it under the rim. Run high and have discipline. So you rebound long missed shots in the high paint area. You rebound short shots at the rim by putting a body on the opposing team. Now, if you're an offensive player, what you want to do is you want to play yourself off the blockout. Just like in football, Jake, when the guy blocks you in football, blocks you, what did the better players do? They play themselves off the blocking situation. So that was Harrison Barnes tonight, where he got a free run into the basket on a non-blockout by, by Boyan Bondanovic. He's able to get that stick back because he was alert. He had velocity as far as his actions, and he kept the ball high above his head. All right, let's go back to Sacramento. Let's go back inside the locker room. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. Should have won the game. We should have won the game. I should have had three free throws and made all three. You felt like they didn't give you a call? No, I should have jumped. He pump faked. I pump faked, so he, he jumped. I should be at the free throw line, and we should have lost. When you uh, you guys played really tough, I mean, slow, uh, slow start early, but you seemed to get in the game, so you gave yourself a chance to win, though, right? Yeah, I think, you know, with the talent we have and the, the guys we have, we're always going to give ourselves a chance to win, but we shouldn't even be in that position. You know, they wanted it more on both ends. They were the aggressor, and, you know, we just got to be able to find ways to to come out strong. You know, I think that's really what it was. They went up like 10 to start the game and we just got to be able to, we knew they were going to come out with some energy, but uh, we didn't match it. Um, he's tough. He's tough, man. You know, um, and like I said, it's tough to do that same action, you know, for the whole game, but he was able to do it and, you know, he's gotten so much better. Obviously, I've seen him with USA and whatnot, but, you know, his speed and his quickness, it makes it tough because then you got to help and then he has shooters around him. So, um, he's, he's a very good player. You had mentioned that before that he was a tough matchup anyway, and then he comes into this game. They'd lost uh, all, all their games this season, five in a row, so they were kind of primed to win this game, or at least play this one. I mean, they, that's how they came out. They came out, you know, that's their they're basketball players. You know, they're going to come out and be competitive and not going to just call it because it's their own four, you know, and for us, we, we didn't match their intensity, and I think that's what hurt us in the end. How do you get uh, prepared to go into Sunday? Um, we got to be able to come out strong. I think that's really what it is. We can't rely on the home crowd to be able to do that for us. I think we've been able to do, we've been doing that a little bit, but we got to be able to kind of push this one away, but remember what we need to work on. No, you'll get a chance to watch the film, but defensive rebounds, was that was that an effort thing? Was that Huge. A... I can name five off the top of my head. You know, I think it's just it's just locking in, you know, playing the full 24 seconds. You know, like I said, they wanted it more. Um, and we just, even up to the last play, you know, we just got to be able to, to grab the rebounds, execute, and then having, I think it was like nine turnovers in the first quarter or something like that. Like, I think seven. Like, I think that's, that's a statement to the whole game. Is that a mental approach or just execution? Mental. You know, you're going to have physical turnovers, but mentally, you know, we can't give up offense. Otherwise, we have to be the first to the ball. We have to be the aggressor, and they were that tonight. What do you think about that, Coach? Uh, it seems like we're talking about rebounds a lot tonight, and you heard Donovan's thoughts on on giving up those offensive boards. Yeah, it's devastating as far as uh, giving the opposing team a chance to clean up a miss. And you want to finish the possession by playing sound defense and getting the ball. 
and the, the ball security is absolutely critical. You could play defense, Jake, for 22 seconds and be very sound, but give a, up a second chance uh, opportunity and it kicks back out then, then it's negated. So what you want to do is all five players play on a string defensively where we all block out, everybody uh, tries to pursue the rebound, and then they're able to uh, go from uh, – defensive rebounding into offensive execution as far as flowing down the court. Little things. And most most close games, it comes down to three or four key things. Donovan alluded to also the 50-50 game, loose ball, where a lot of times that ball's on the floor. Uh, there's penetration by Darren Fox, and he falls down a few times. He's on the floor. And then suddenly he's able to... Uh, wiggle himself out of there and throw a pass back outside. And that was a 50-50 ball in the game. And that's when you've got to jump on, not on the player, but jump on the ball to get minimum a jump ball tie-up versus allowing him to somehow wiggle out of it to throw a kick-out pass to get a new possession. These are all things that are cumulative. It's not one thing, it's everything. Tough loss for the Jazz. They can learn from this. As I always say, losses are painful. Don't make it fatal. Uh, Let's take a look at your three-point takeover tonight, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Uh, Tonight, uh, Coach, the Jazz were 11 of 28 from three. Uh, Coach Snyder might want to see those attempts up a little bit, but certainly you like the percentage, 39.3%. They were led by uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, who was three of four from three tonight. Mike Conley was three of nine. Donovan Mitchell, one of three. Jeff Green, two of five coming off the bench. Joe Ingles, two of five. Uh, coming off the bench, but you think 11 made threes, 39% coach, that should be enough on most nights to get a W. Very much. And add to that, Jake, as far as the 28 attempts with the 17 turnovers, Jake, probably if there was, say, just for the narrative, there was only uh, 12 turnovers, those extra five possessions probably would have been minimum three Three more three-point attempts, Great probably, yeah. right? Probably. So again, when you have so many turnovers, whether inflicted, self-inflicted by yourself, it takes away so much of the rhythm. Basketball is a game of rhythm, and that even against good defense, you want to attempt to get good shots by ball movement or by dribble penetration. And the three-point shooting, so much is based on. Ball hopping, swing, swing, swing into a rhythm three. Jake, don't get the feeling that whenever balls on jazz basketball is swung from side to side and the ball goes to Boyan Bondanovich or Joe Engels, you like the percentage-wise that shot going in. All right, 102 to 101 is your final. The Jazz fall in Sacramento to the Kings tonight. Coming up right around the corner, we'll get Coach's final thoughts on this one before we put it aside and get ready for the Clippers who... Most likely, we'll have Kawhi Leonard on Sunday night. We'll do it all straight ahead here on your Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa on the Jazz Radio Network. Eleven seconds left. Utah 101, Sacramento 100. Here comes. Darren Fox going to the basket, kicks, Bielitsa, left corner three, no, offensive rebound, Barnes, yes, timeout Utah, 2.9 seconds left, the Jazz didn't rebound, Donovan has it, Donovan turns the corner, ball fakes, three to win it, no, Sacramento gets their first win of the season, 102-101. 
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordon Chiesa with you. The Jazz fall to the Kings, 102-101. There's your call tonight from our good friend David Locke. And, Coach, we'll uh, we'll get your th- final thoughts on this one in Sacramento coming up here in a few minutes. But let's look forward a little bit to Sunday night's showdown with the L.A. Clippers in Los Angeles. Kawhi Leonard did not play on Wednesday night here in Salt Lake City. He played, and he played well against San Antonio last night, and I would anticipate he's going to play Sunday night as well. Hey, some quick numbers, Jake. I call Kawhi Leonard a headache scorer because you play against him, you get a headache. He's averaging uh, 28 points a game, 6.2 rebounds, two steals. And so he, he, he creates so many problems as far as... So Royce O'Neal will be probably the main defender to start the game. And when the Jazz play switch defense, they're all going to try to get a crack at him to try to slow him down. His evolution... Jake, he entered the NBA as really a non-shooter, and now he's really a knockdown shooter, especially at three-point range. And then Patrick Beverly, let's say he's scrappy. Oh, yeah. Good word for him. And and Beverly's one of the best, Jake, rebounders at his size in the NBA. So here's a guy six foot two. That guy's always going through the boards. Him and Kyle Lowry are like tied from the Toronto Raptors as far as rebounding, as far as impacting the glass as six foot two guys. So the Jazz segue to that. So the Jazz got hurt tonight on the glass uh, as far as their their uh, lack of focus. Now they've got to be uh, so committed to putting a body on all the Clippers players. The Clippers right now are four and two. They lost here in Salt Lake City. They'll be ready for the Jazz. Likewise, the Jazz learned from tonight's unfortunately loss. They'll be they'll be much more forceful as far as taking their will to the Clippers. Uh, this this may be a bad night to say this on a night where LeBron James had 39 points, 12 rebounds, and 16 assists. But getting back to Kawhi Leonard for a sec, Coach, he's my number one player in the league right now. I think he is the best player in the NBA. And I'm a little partial to two-way guys, and he's definitely a two-way player. He's an unbelievable defender. But I, I think he's the best player in the league right now. Agreed. Is that when you're averaging 29 points a game and it's, it's all around defense, he can guard positions one through five. So you can guard point guards through centers. And those centers, whether they're old school post-up or they play in the shooting slot, he can guard them. How about his hands? He has unbelievable huge hands, which able him to control the ball. And his offensive repertoire, he's got the three-point game. He's got the middle drive pull-up game. He's got the offensive rebounding. He's got transition. And most of all, he plays to win. Where he passes the ball, he cuts without he cuts with the ball, he moves the ball defensively, he impacts both perimeter and also in the paint. Yes, he's the best player in the NBA, top of his game, and to think that he's a former Aztec from San Diego State. And we watched him closely in college, Coach. I mean, he had some some legendary showdowns with uh, the Jimmer's BYU teams and and some some really incredible games. And and he was great at San Diego State. I mean, he was he was really really good. But to think that he could evolve into the player that he is is today is is amazing. The fact that you know he was an inside player, Coach. He was a, he was an old school power forward at San Diego State. And you know, I know things didn't end too well for him in San Antonio and. Uh, with with Greg Popovich, but he owes them a, 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 a debt of gratitude for what they they coached, what what they did with his game. They broke down his shot, they recreated his shot, and, and they turned him into your your modern day NBA player. The the perfect example of it. 
He's a wingman that's got multiple skills as far as both scoring and uh, passing and defending. He's right. He's absolutely a cold-blooded uh, shooter, and he, you get the feeling that he can create a shot against anybody, and he can guard you. So LeBron is still an elite player, and Luka Dantich with the D- Dallas Mavericks is an incredible offensive talent. His defense has to catch up. And Anthony Davis, also of the Lakers, is a, is a generational-type talent, but he's more of a big guy that can rebound, play outside, and has an old-school back-to-the-basket game also. And that makes it exciting. Now, in jazz basketball, Donovan Mitchell is going to hopefully be in that narrative where his all-around skills, because he has talent. When you're getting, you're averaging 24 points a game and you're 23 years old and you shoot like that and, and create off the dribble, his spirit is overwhelming in a positive way that hopefully Donovan Mitchell will be someday one an all-star and in jazz basketball be a generational player too. All right, the Jazz tonight led by Donovan Mitchell. He had 24 points on 9 of 19 shooting. Mike Conley had 19 tonight on 5 of 13 shooting. Rudy with a monster night, 15 points, 16 boards. Boyan Bogdanovich had 17 points tonight and 6 boards. Uh, missed on, on the most important box out of the game, unfortunately. Uh, Joe Ingles, uh, let's see, coming in off the bench with 6 points to go along with 3 assists. Jeff Green, 8 points tonight, uh, 2 of 5 from 3 as he st- continues to shoot the 3 ball well. Manuel Moutier coming in off the bench. He had six. Quick note, Ed Davis played tonight. He only played eight minutes. Coach, he left, uh, the, the, he left the game in the third quarter with a contusion in his leg. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to rest that and, and be back in the lineup as soon as possible. But there's a little rundown on the stats for you. Coach, give us uh, a couple of final thoughts before we put this tough loss behind us. Jazz have to improve rebounding on both sides of the ball. Also, win the possession. So by rebounding, you're able to get the ball off the glass and come down the floor. And we call that, Jake, two-way possessions. We stop them on defense, and we run back on offense and we, as far as orderly and either uh, attack the, the rim or kick it out for a three-point shot. Unfortunately, it was a loss, 102-101. There were some good things in, in, in it right now. The Jazz play uh, an elite team in the Clippers. They will be ready for a battle. All right, we want to say big thanks to Locke and Boone. Great job calling the game tonight, as usual. Thanks to all the broadcast assistants putting in that hard work behind the scenes. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Coach, it's always a pleasure to see you, and uh, it's always fun to do these games. Thanks, Jake. Likewise. 102-101 is your final Jazz fall to the Kings. They fall to 4-2 and two on this young season. Next up, they'll take on the Clippers on Sunday night. Tip-off will be at 7. Pre-game coverage here on the Jazz Radio Network begins at 6. Until then, we bid you all a good night. 102-101 is your final, and you heard it all on the Jazz Radio Network. <laughs>